All right, guys, welcome back to my second episode of my podcast, uh, Higher Sports Podcast, I guess. Still trying to figure out <laughs> a good name. Um, but hey, good to be back. Uh, been really busy. I wish I could like be more, you know, have more opportunity and time to do these, but just too busy with classes right now. But back right now, uh, a lot has happened since first episode sports wise, but I wanted to keep this one kind of more Denver focused um, as the NBA season is about to kick off. Uh, preseason has started. The Nuggets have played two games um, and then the Broncos currently one in five after losing last night, Thursday night to the Chiefs. Uh, get into that uh, a little bit, even though I don't really want to. It's a depressing topic to talk about. Uh, the Broncos are, but it is my football team, so I'll talk about them. Um, I also wanted to break down this list of the top 100 players of the upcoming NBA season that ESPN put out, um, which, because they're ESPN, you know, influences a lot of people's opinions on players. Uh, so it's a pretty, you know, meaningful list uh, for the fans. Players really shouldn't care about it, as, as Kyrie Irving has already said. Uh, he was ranked number 34, by the way, and he was tweeting about, oh, how he doesn't care about these rankings, but he tweeted out about like two or three paragraphs about why he doesn't care. Um, so maybe it got to his head a little bit and maybe he really does care. Um, but yeah, point is the players shouldn't care. Really the fans shouldn't care, but, um, it is something to talk about. It is something fun to look at, and it is something that influences a lot of casual, NBA viewers out there. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to get into that first uh, because there is a lot of controversy <laughs> in the top three uh, for sure um, that is, you know, making its way around NBA discourse on social media apps, on ESPN, you know, uh, shows, stuff like that. So, um, I guess I'll, I'll just highlight the Nuggets. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was number 68, uh, Aaron Gordon 61, um, Jamal Murray 17, and then I'll get, I'll get into Jokic later. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like those spots for, for all those players. I think Aaron Gordon uh, could even be a little higher because he was amazing in the finals. The, the work that, he's, that he did on, on uh, Jimmy Butler, the work that he did on Kevin Durant in the Sun Series, uh, you know, is, is top 50 player caliber caliber worthy. Um, and then Michael Porter at 68. I think that that's fine where he is. I think Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope could have, could have broken in that top 100 just with the perimeter defense he gave to the nuggets and his shooting shot 42% from three last year. Um, and so I think he could have sneaked into there, but it's the nuggets and it's ESPN. So, you know, that it's not going to happen. Having four players on this list um, is kind of a, a, a blessing in itself with ESPN. Um, but yeah, Jamal Murray was number 17. There's a lot of people who disagree with that ranking, um, who say that he should be way lower because they look at his regular season. I'll say it again, his regular season stats, um, which after watching this, this playoff run and experiencing 20 grueling games of intense basketball, in which the Nuggets went 16 and four. So really it, it could be like 25 games uh, that, that most 
um, finals team, final winners play. Uh, but yeah, 20 games, which is a quarter of the NBA regular season. So it's a pretty good chunk. Uh, usually, you know, 25 to 30% of the entire, you know, championship level team season is in the playoffs. Uh, so that 20 to 30%, I think, should really be like 80% of the discussion around a player is like, how well do they do the, in the playoffs? Because that's where it really matters. It doesn't matter what you do in February on a Tuesday night against the Charlotte Hornets or against the Thunder. <laughs> you put up 60 points. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, who really cares about that? You, people forget about that game a couple days after it happens anyways. Um, but people don't forget the playoffs. And that is exactly why Jamal Murray is at number 17, average 26, 7, and 6 in the playoffs. He's the first player to ever average 20 points and 10 assists in a finals win and had a triple-double in the finals. So um, I'm taking Jamal Murray ahead of a lot of people, um, you know, when it comes to playoffs. Plus his, his chemistry with Jokic uh, is phenomenal too. And I don't really like – I wouldn't replace Jamal Murray with really – any other guard except for like Curry in terms of who I think would fit uh, best with Jokic. Um, maybe like a guy like Shea uh, would be phenomenal with him too. But um, the way that those two work together and the way that I think Jokic and Curry would work together, um, I think that would be like the best duo of all time offensively. Uh, but Jamal Murray, not, not far behind Curry in terms of, of playoff stats. So, Hey, um, I will, I will definitely take Jamal Murray uh, at 17. Uh, all right, I'll get into the top 10. Um, number 10 is Anthony Davis, who, uh, you know, Jokic played off the court, basically played off. He played Anthony Davis off his matchup, uh, which was supposed to be Davis on Jokic. And then after game one, it became Rui on Jokic. And then obviously it was like, oh, the Lakers made this huge, huge change and, and, they're going to come back and, and beat the Nuggets in game two and then take control of the series uh, because of, of how well Rui ended up guarding Jokic for like a five-minute spurt in game one. Obviously, that didn't happen as the Lakers got swept. Uh, the second L.A. team to get swept this season after the Dodgers just lost to the D-backs getting swept. That was beautiful to see. Um, yeah, glad that L.A. fans are not experiencing much happiness right now because uh because they get way too much happiness um for most of the the season in every single sport um because they're simply in la uh number nine speaking of a guy who only went to the team because it's only in la lebron james um comes in at number nine which i like i like this spot for lebron uh I would have him a little a little lower, as I think like guys like Devin Booker uh, are just better than he is at this point. Um, and but yeah, number nine for LeBron, uh, still insane considering how he's the oldest player in the NBA and he's a top ten player um, according to this. So yeah, he he's still phenomenal. Um, number eight is is a surprising pick with Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, very young player who hasn't had really any playoff experience uh, at the, this level uh, since he became this level of a, of a player. So I think still a lot to see out of Gilgis Alexander in, in the future to really like 
have a have a clear spot of where he ranks in the NBA. But um, I think eight is a is a pretty you know cool ranking for him. Uh, he averaged thirty one points last year on, on over fifty percent shooting from the field. So incredibly efficient, especially in the mid range area, and, and get into the cup and get into the free throw line. Um, phenomenal, but you know still still work to be done for him in his game. I think especially in a playoff environment, um, his playmaking is something that I think, you know, I want to see improve. Um, I think the Thunder are, are going to make the playoffs this year, so so we'll see. Um, and then I think defensively, you know, he could be better too, uh, especially off the ball. Uh, on ball, just simply due to his length and his his athleticism and his speed, um, I think he's pretty decent on the ball, but off the ball there's some there's some lapses uh, mentally there that, that he could clean up. Uh, number seven is Kevin Durant, who – as I just mentioned, Aaron Gordon uh, absolutely locked him up uh, in, in the Phoenix series. Uh, for Kevin Durant's standards, um, he he had wow, this is a lot of, of playoff stats I got to score through for KD. Um, but he had, he had twenty nine in Game One, then Game Two was way off, ten for twenty seven with twenty four points, and then uh, he had thirty nine in Game Three, but shot. 38% from the field. So you'll take that every single time. And then it was kind of a non-factor in games five and six um, because of, of Aaron Gordon's great defense. But yeah, still at seven, I think Kevin Durant is maybe the best off the ball player in the NBA. Uh, doesn't really have the speed um, or change of direction that he used to have dribbling the basketball. He can't really break anyone down like that anymore. But if you get Kevin Durant to spot up anywhere, uh, that that's an incredibly efficient shot that you're going to, that you're going to get. Um, and then defensively, he was really good in that Denver series too. Uh, seven feet tall with a, a long wingspan. Um, people kind of forget like just how huge Kevin Durant really is because of the position and the way he plays offensively. Um, but yeah, defensively great at, at protecting the rim. Um, so I think seven is a good spot for him there. Number six, Jason Tatum. Uh, which I think is is a good spot for him too. Um, he could be a little lower just you know because of his inconsistencies in the playoffs. Though he did have that game seven last year where he like set the record I think for most points in a game seven, something like that. Um, he had over over fifty, but uh, in game six, you know, he was <laughs> playing really really poorly up until the fourth quarter, um, and so you know, kind of inconsistent game to game, but his defense is good. Uh, and then when his shot is on, man, he, he is a beast. Uh, so six for Tatum, I think is, is okay uh, right there. And then number five is Steph Curry, who I think should be higher considering um, considering all he does for, for the Warriors, uh, considering how he carries that team. Uh, they have like the worst bench one of the worst benches in league history last year, um, but, you know, still made it to the second round of the, of the playoffs. Um, or, excuse me, uh, they still made it to the playoffs and then took a couple games from the Kings. It looks like they, they could have won that series, but um, they did win the series. What am I saying? Uh, they won the series against the Kings and then got beat by the Lakers. Um, so, yeah, to still win a, a playoff series – in which Curry was like phenomenal in against the Kings. Um, I think he's still like the engine of that entire offense. Uh, so 
yeah, I think Curry could be higher. Uh, they got they have Luca at four, um, which I'm fine with. I like. I I don't know about if Luca is better than uh, or if Curry is better than Luca, but the next guy after Luca is I'm sure that Curry is better than. So um, that's why I think he can move up because I think the guy number three should move down a few slots. Uh, but number four, Luka Doncic. Yeah, this is pretty much where I have him too, number four. Um, engine of that entire team. Uh, but we, we got to see more of it. His fit with Kyrie turned out to be disastrous last season as they started tanking at the end of the season, which when they made that trade, it's like, oh, we're going to be fighting for the Western Conference Finals. And then just like 10 games later, all of a sudden they're tanking to try to get a better pick in the draft so uh that was kind of a disaster i don't really know what what mark cuban is, is thinking as as he builds this team uh you know outside of 2011 um cuban hasn't really had had much success uh with his with his team uh all right number three is joel Embiid, uh the the reigning mvp averaged 31 points uh, or 30, 30 something points last year. Um, which yeah, looks like, you know, Oh, he won MVP. He's a great defender. He averaged 30, 33 points last year on 55% shooting with 10 rebounds. So like, yeah, he should be a top three player, right? He should. And he's got the, the talent for it. Um, does he have the drive for it? I think so. But when it comes into the playoffs, that, drive for the game that passion for the game starts to become a question mark seems like for him um as in game seven uh against boston um last year 15 points five for 18 shooting so your mvp uh top three player in the league right goes five for 18 with uh four turnovers is a minus 28 in the game uh yeah not not great out of the mvp who's always struggled in the playoffs has never made a conference finals in his life um even with the amount of talent around him you know you think of guys who have played with him ben simmons was an all-star jimmy butler who just made the finals this year was was on that team tobias harris has been there a minute uh james harden has been there so he's had a lot of talent to work with jj reddick was on that that team with Jimmy Butler too he's had a lot to work with um and consistently decides to not show up uh he let Trey Young uh get to the Eastern Conference Finals instead of him uh in 2021 as 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 Embiid put up 17 he he was four for 20 in, in game four um 17 points against the Hawks in 2021 and then uh yeah, not efficient in game six either as he went nine for 24. So there's just these lapses of just like Embiid looking like a liability. Um, you think back to, to 2022 against Miami, uh, game six, elimination game, seven for 24, you know, 20 points. This is a guy who averaged 33 in the regular season. This is the guy I was talking about who goes off on a, in February against the Thunder to score 60, po- 60 points. And then he he gets into May, he gets into April, May, June, and everything falls apart. Um, And so for him to be a top three NBA player 
when you know what you're getting in the playoffs. This is, what is this, year eight, year nine of Embiid? It's not like he's young anymore. Um, I I just don't, I can't agree with. Um, so, yeah, there there's the whole Embiid thing. Uh, still phenomenal defensively in the playoffs for sure, but... Yeah, offensively, I mean, <laughs> I didn't even realize how bad he was against against Philly last or against uh, Miami last year. Eighteen points, twenty four, seventeen, twenty in the games he played. Uh, you know, again, average thirty three in, in, in the regular season. Average thirty that year in the regular season, and you know, doesn't hit twenty five in 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 an Eastern Conference semifinals matchup. <laughs> That's just who he is, though. Uh, obviously, that the Toronto series was terrible for him a uh, couple years back. So, yeah, that 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 is Joel Embiid at number three. Number two, uh, you would think would be you know somebody that hasn't won the cha- championship in twenty twenty three, but no, it is the Nuggets center. Nikola Jokic, uh, who I obviously think and everybody should think is the best player in the NBA. Uh, in the playoffs last year, average 30, uh, you know, Joel Embiid regular season numbers, uh, 30 points, 13.5 rebounds, and 9.5 assists. Uh, you're not getting that out of Embiid or Giannis, who's number one on this list at 9.5 assists. 10 playoff triple doubles. Um, and it's not empty stats, or and they won the championship. Like the stats that he's putting up is meaningful. He's extremely efficient. Um, he's led the Nuggets in points, rebounds, assists in six straight seasons, the most by any player in history. Um, and and finally, when he gets these guys back who are healthy, who we've been saying, uh, Nuggets fans have been saying, you know, wait on Jamal Murray, wait on Michael Porter Jr. Once we get these guys. And, and get guys like Faku Campazo and, and Bones Island and and uh, Bryn Forbes, guys who are getting DeMarcus Cousins, guys who are getting legitimate playoff minutes last year. Uh, Will Barton, remember him? How he shot that 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 <laughs> that shot with like thirty seconds left, that three point shot against Draymond Green, isolated against Draymond Green. Will Barton is out of the league now, but he had taken the most important shot. In, in that Nuggets season up to that point uh, last year against Golden State. Um, I, I guess I should start saying two years ago now because last year was the Nuggets championship season as this NBA season starts. Um, but yeah, somehow ESPN ranks him number two after all that that I just said. Uh, and yeah, by the way, he went 16-4 and four in the playoffs and 4-1 and one in the finals. Um and then you look at Giannis, who lost in the first round in five games to the very same team that Jokic beat in the finals in five games. And he's up here. Uh, I I don't really know why at all. Uh, I mean, it's not really like close uh, right now, I think, um, in terms of, you know, the separation between Jokic and whoever you want to put at number two. I don't think it's really that close. Uh, reminds me of like LeBron James of, of the early 2010s of how it was just, yes, it's obviously LeBron is the best player in the league. That's kind of where I'm feeling with Jokic at this current moment, especially after the championship uh, game. But yeah, anyways, back to Giannis. Number one, um, after 
losing in round one to the eighth seed. Uh, every game that he so he played in in two and a half games. So this little little spiel that ESPN writes about you know that they write a little description under each player it says why his ranking was was unchanged. Uh, Milwaukee's postseason could have gone much differently had Antetokounmpo not suffered a back injury that sidelined him for most of Game One and all of Games Two and Three in the Bucks' first round loss to the Heat. Okay, that makes sense, right? Um, yeah, he 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 got injured and he was out two and a half games. Uh, let's look at Game Two. Oh, they won. The Bucks won by sixteen. Uh, they lose Game Three. You know, makes sense. So Giannis is back. The series is, is is two to one Miami at this point, uh, as they lost Game One as well, a game that that Giannis only played ten minutes in. Um, he was he was a negative nine in his ten minutes. If, if you know if that wants to, <laughs> if you want to take something away from that, um, and they lost, so they're down one two coming into to games uh, four five six seven uh, with Giannis coming back. Okay, I mean two to one against the AC that shouldn't be that much of a of a challenge to get back into the series he comes back lose game four at miami a a game in which they had a double digit lead in the in the fourth quarter uh he loses game five uh you know it could have gone the the series could have gone much differently had he been healthy right so game four he's healthy they lose game five he's back home he's healthy they lose (laughs) And you put him at number one. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. He goes ten for twenty-three at the free throw line in Game Five. So that's thirteen points left off the board simply because he's not good enough at the free throw line. Um, and he's a he's a minus eight in the game. Um, you know, he puts up thirty-eight points, uh, twenty rebounds. Uh, that that yeah, that that looks like a good stat line until. You dive into the fourth quarter of the end of the Bucks season, the elimination fourth quarter, and the Bucks have a 16-point lead um, with Giannis healthy on, on the floor. Uh, maybe he's not fully healthy, but he's he's out there playing. Um, and remember, the series could have gone much differently if he wasn't playing. But wait, he was playing uh, in, in two games that he lost. Um, and, and And so they're up. You know, 16 uh, in that fourth quarter at home. And what does Giannis do? He shoots one for nine in the fourth quarter uh, and loses. He had more turnovers than made shots in the fourth quarter of an elimination game. And he's ranked number one uh, in the world. Uh this this list is supposed to be a projection for for how they'll perform next season. Kind of be like, oh, when we come, we sh- we need to come back to this at the end of the season, and this list should be accurate. That's what they're aiming for. So maybe they're saying that Giannis will just be better this year because of the acquisition of Damian Lillard. Because I think Damian Lillard is going to help Giannis's offense out. Uh, we already know he's you know he's in this position where he is right now of even being considered number one player because of his defense. So obviously his defense is, is phenomenal, but um, his offense, man, I mean, it, it holds him back, but I think, you know, getting Damian Lillard is going to open a lot more up for him. Uh, it's not really like Drew Holiday was a huge offensive threat, although uh, in the, he was 
fantastic in the in the final series that Giannis fans always talk about um, against the Suns, in which they won, in which Giannis closed it out with 50 points um, while shooting 17 from 19 for the free throw line, which is unheard of uh, for Giannis. So he had a, a lucky game at the free throw line there um, to get to 50 points, which, you know, if he just has a regular game at the free throw line, like, like he usually does, which is around 50%, uh, they lose that game and, and they probably lose the series. Um, but credit to him. He showed up, he made his free throws, uh, when it counted, except for last year, uh, when, you know, this list is supposed to be current. Uh, we're talking two years ago, he made all those free throws. So, uh, actually it's creeping up on three years now. Um, and, you know, now he still has that free throw problem. Um, so, yeah, Giannis is number one, according to ESPN. We'll, we'll see about that <laughs> at the end of the season. I, I hope we get a Bucks nuggets matchup or a Philly Nuggets matchup. Uh, one of these matchups against, you know, a top player um, would, be, would be really fun to watch. So that's it with, with, the, with the list. Uh, get into the Nuggets. They've played two games uh, so far, two preseason games. Uh, beat the Suns, always always good to see, uh, and then lost to the Bulls. Um, but they've looked great, I think. I think they've looked uh, ready for the season. Jokic has come in, even though he said he probably didn't touch a basketball this entire offseason. He's come in, and he's just started shooting and shooting and shooting. Um, in all of preseason, I, I believe last year, he took like a total of three shots. Jokic through two games this preseason has taken 21 um, and he's only playing 18 minutes uh, in each game. So uh, that, that is, you know, interesting to see. I don't know if it's, if it's, I would say it's promising um, because it shows that, you know, maybe just this season he'll decide to, to take over scoring wise because he can, Um you know, just simple average 30 points per game just because he can, uh, which it definitely is very doable. Um, so it's just interesting to see that that he's really taken that that lead and shooting a lot. It could just be it's only been two games. He's only played a total of, of like 36 minutes uh, and, you know, whatever. It's just those minutes, those 36 combined minutes, like there were multiple opportunities for him to shoot, um, which, you know, that's what he always says. Like he'll shoot if it's the best shot, if it's the right shot at that time for the offense. Um, so maybe, you know, it just happened to be at the right place at the right time for Jokic to shoot the ball. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that, that it's encouraging to see that he's confident um, and, and looking to shoot the ball after an off season, which yeah, maybe he didn't practice that much. Um, and then Looking at the rookies, because this is what preseason is all about, uh, you get to see rookies play extended minutes uh, and young players play extended minutes. Julian Strother has been amazed in the first-round pick out of Gonzaga. Uh, 20 points against the Suns. I think he had 15 in the third quarter, something like that. Uh, hit four or five threes. Um, and his defense, which you know has been a thing that, that people have criticized uh, coming into this into the draft. I thought his defense has been pretty good. And on the perimeter, uh, he's big, you know, six, seven has a, a, a decent wingspan uh, and he's quick. And so he can, he can kind of keep up with guys out on the perimeter there, hopefully um, for, for his career going forward. And 
you know, his main thing is his shot, and his shot has looked awesome. He gets that thing off so quickly um, to where, like, he just catches the ball, and it's just a flick, immediate flick up there. Like, his feet are getting set um, while the pass is coming to him. Uh, it's not like a, a catch and then load and then fire. Uh, like, you kind of think of, like, Aaron Gordon, or, I mean, uh, Michael Porter, uh, he, he's bigger and taller, so it, it takes time for his shot to go up. Um, but he's always open because, uh, because you know, he's 6'10 and could just shoot over anyone. But Strother being a little shorter, uh, he needs to have a, a quick release on his shot, and he gets his feet ready before the ball even gets there. And so he just catches it and flicks it up there, and it's cash. Like, that, that, that's been his thing. He's one of the best college shooters last year. Um, and one of the best shooters so far this preseason. So that's really great to see out of him. Um, Justin Holiday, Nuggets free agent pickup. He's a veteran. He's bounced around the league a lot. Uh, but he looks exactly like KCP out there when he plays, which is a great thing because of how great KCP was last year. Uh, but his defense it, it has been great. Uh, another guy with tremendous amount of length um and height and a guy who can who can shoot the heck out of the ball as well and so uh he's got a seven foot wingspan um and you know with with Jokic as being the main center hub I think these are the types of of players that, that fit the best next to him is like uh lengthy lengthy guys who provide great perimeter defense so that not everything is funneled into Jokic as we saw in 2021 uh, and 2022 when, when the Nuggets had little defenders out there with, uh, you know, poor wingspans and we're just letting everything get in the lane. And it looked, it made Jokic look like a, a terrible defender because the amount of shots that he, he had to defend. Um, but now with guys like KCP, Aaron Gordon, Justin Holiday, um, Michael Porter, Peyton Watson, uh, Julian Strother now, like, Guys who have these massive wingspans and, and and massive length that that makes it really difficult for offensive players to break through that barrier and get into the paint. Um, you know, I think that's the perfect type of player to fit around Jokic, and I think Justin Holiday is a fantastic fit for the Nuggets and a guy who could you know get some playing time um, and be a, a significant part of the rotation, uh, such as Jeff Green was last year who went on to Houston. Um, so, and I think Holiday is probably a better player than Jeff Green is too at this point um, because he can shoot uh, really, really well. So I like that pickup. The Nuggets look good. Um, uh, who else looks good? Aaron Gordon looked look fantastic in game one against the Suns. Uh, I, I shouldn't say game one because that sounds like a playoff game. In the first preseason game against the Suns, he had like seven rebounds in the first five minutes or something, flying around everywhere. Um, so I, I, yeah, I'm I'm promised by the Nuggets uh, what they look like this preseason. You know, the bench is still going to be the main question mark. Um, seems like Reggie Jackson is slated into that that backup one. Uh, Christian Brown, you know, there as as a backup wing. Justin Holiday now looks like he's a backup wing. Um, but other than that, it's like, ooh, is Peyton Watson going to get some runtime? Because he hasn't looked great in preseason, uh, which is disappointing. Because uh, it seemed like, you know, this preseason coming off his fantastic summer league, 
Uh, it seemed like he could have been, you know, the main guy for this team in the preseason with, with how much uh, they play the young players. Um, so we'll, we'll see about him. We'll see if Strother cracks into the rotation. Zeke Naji, um, he had five fouls in 14 minutes against the Bulls, which has always just been his – he fouls too much, he can't rebound, and if his shot's not falling, there's really, like, no no use for him. Um, he's amazing guarding one through five, uh, but if he fouls and fouls and fouls, it's just, like, I mean, you can't put him on the court or else he's going to foul out. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if Z can crack into the rotation – um, I think his shot looks better. Uh, three point shot really fell off last year after it being amazing his first couple of seasons. Um, so we'll see if, if he can get that shot back. Uh, it looks a little different. It looks smoother. Uh, so that, that's good news. Um, he, he did have 17 points against the Suns, but yeah, only three points and two rebounds against the Bulls, uh, which you need, you're going to need more than two rebounds when you're the main backup big man in, in quotations on this team. Um, Cause the backup big man is like the question mark on this team. Maybe Aaron Gordon, uh, you know, slides into that role again of kind of being small ball center uh, with the bench that he kind of played last year. Um, so we'll see. All right. End of the basketball talk. We got to get into football. I, I was wanting to use this analogy with, with Jokic and Giannis. It's just like, it, 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 let me get back to this <laughs> this Jokic ranking. Um, I wanted to, to, to say, uh, bring up uh, why his ranking was unchanged according to ESPN. Um, it says that, that uh, what does it say? It says that he needs to be a, if he can improve his defense, and perhaps be more aggressive with his three-point shot. Jokic can finally get the number one spot in the NBA rank. Uh, <laughs> okay. These arguments sound very 2021, uh, very 2020-ish. Of Oh, he has to improve his defense or else his team's not winning a championship. I don't think his defense improved at all last year. I think his defense has always been fine to begin with. I don't think it's, I don't think he's improved. I don't think he's gotten worse. I think his defense is perfectly fine where it's at. So I disagree with that. If he can improve his defense, the nuggets were a top 10 defensive team from, from December on last year, that's four to five months of being a top 10 defense. But according to ESPN, he still needs to improve it and perhaps be more aggressive with his three point shot. So something that Jokic has never done in his career, which is be aggressive with his shot. Now he needs to be aggressive. Now he does. After winning the NBA championship, after averaging all these triple doubles, after breaking all these records, now you have to be aggressive to get that number one ranking. You know, it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked yet. You have to be more aggressive with your three-point shot, something he's never been in his career. And I don't know, man. These guys just don't really watch, like, any Nuggets basketball. Uh, They only watch – all of them live in L.A. or New York, so those are the only teams that they watch. Um, and so yeah, you just, whatever, you can't really take much out of, out of what they say. Um, anyways, I I wanted to say that like Jokic, like still with, with casual fans, like when you see Jokic compared to seeing Embiid, 
I could understand how they're like, okay, I mean, uh, not Embiid. I mean, I meant Giannis. I can understand how they're like, okay, Giannis is a better player. Like, it it just looks better. It's like a comparing like an electric, like a new like electric truck these days to like a monster truck. Maybe the monster truck looks scarier and looks better um, and has these huge wheels. Like Giannis has these huge biceps and, and he just runs and runs and runs and keeps going and keeps going and runs over people to the rim and slams uh, kind of like a monster truck. But when you like look into it, like which would you rather own an electric truck like for the streets and just for everyday life? <laughs> or would you rather own a monster truck? Like obviously the electric truck because it's more efficient. Um, it's smoother and it's just a better ride, like overall in the grand scheme of things, uh, for the rest of your life, you know, the electric truck is going to be worth more than, than the monster truck who is only good for, you know, a once in, in an event thing that looks cool, um, and is not really efficient. Uh, so that's kind of what, what, it, what it's like. It's like Jokic electric truck efficient Giannis monster truck looks cool but really everybody would rather have the electric truck on the streets all right Broncos losing again they are one and five uh oh and 12 to Patrick Mahomes we have not seen the Broncos win against Kansas City since the Super Bowl year the one where Jamal Charles fumbled and Bradley Roby picked it up and scored a game-winning touchdown at Kansas City. That was the last time that the Broncos have beat him. Uh, so <laughs> it's been embarrassing. It has been a very long time, um, and it continues and probably continue in two weeks once Kansas City comes to Denver and beats them again. Um, eight points for the Broncos this week. Uh, yeah. Not fun at all. 95 yards for Russell Wilson. Uh, I wish this was a Sunday game, and obviously we'll get a Sunday game in two weeks between these two teams. But, um, yeah, Thursday nights, just teams forget how to play football. Um, they're obviously not prepared for the opponent. Uh, they're not prepared uh, physically or probably mentally. Uh, so it's tough to go in to a place like Kansas City on a Thursday and just and just win. Like that, that just doesn't really happen. Um, so I wasn't expecting that at all, but I was expecting Russell Wilson to throw for more than a hundred yards. Um, didn't happen. He threw two picks, one of them, which was completely his fault. Uh, the other one was like a tip. Like it, it always just happens with Kansas city. I mean, they have the, the Melvin Gordon fumble that they returned in a game that they should have lost uh, against Drew Locke uh, a couple years ago. Uh, they, they just get these breaks and then they got another break here with the tipped interception, uh, floating into the hands of that, that KC defender. Um, and so yeah, two interceptions for him. Uh, I, I really, I'm not liking what Sean Payton is doing at all. Um, there's a, there's a fourth down at the end of the half, uh, that the Broncos didn't, you know, it was a third, a third down. They were had, they had to punt it on fourth. Um, and Sean Payton caught this is, this is like with a minute left in the, in the first half, Sean Payton calls a timeout before the punt and then admits later, which leads to 
Kansas City having enough time to go down and kick a 60-yard field goal um, and go up 13-0 at half, uh, which, you know, if they never got those three points, the Broncos are in this game for the entire game. Um, But anyways, Sean Payton lets them pretty much get three points uh, and then comes out and says in the post-game press conference that he didn't know it was fourth down. and that's why he called timeout. So, yeah, you were critiquing Nathaniel Hackett for, for doing all these types of things that you are currently doing now. So I, I, I just don't get it. I guess it's just a Broncos thing, just these coaches who have absolutely no idea what's going on in the game. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The best receiver on the Broncos this year has been Marvin Mims, and he got about five snaps. Uh, yesterday didn't get a single target does that make any sense no jerry judy three receptions 14 yards but he's out there instead of mims um yeah i I don't understand it the broncos best offensive player overall this season you know snap for snap whatever pound for pound has been jaleel mclaughlin and he consistently gets like nine touches a game and he'll pick up, you know, 60, 70 yards and a touchdown in those nine touches. But why are you only giving the best offensive player of this season nine touches? I, I don't understand it. Uh, you gave Michael Burton the fullback two carries, including one in which he just lined up like a running back and you just hand it off to him. Why? What does Michael Burton provide that Javante Williams or Jaleel McLaughlin don't? He's not as strong as Javante. He's not as fast or shifty as Julio. So why are we just running him? I don't know. Um, so that made no sense. There's a, a, like a, these third and short play calls have been horrible. There's a, a third and short, a speed right option, which I just absolutely hate, where Russell Wilson gets the ball and immediately sprints to the right, and you only have two routes out there, both near each other. So you take away the left side of the field, the complete, you, you just limit it, to, to one half of the field. And all of a sudden it's 11 on 11 on half a football field when you do these sprint right options. And then you have just two players out there. So you've got like, if there's four defenders on the line, you've got like six, seven players defending two routes, which are both going to basically the same area. How is that going to work out at all? And so you're just having Russell Wilson fight for his life out there and have to pull off all these spin moves and stuff. Um, to just get back to the line of scrimmage. Don't understand it. Sean Payton's supposed to be this offensive genius, and you're still running these sprint ride options in 2023, like as if it's like 1960 and people like just don't know football yet. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, defense finally looked good this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has not been good against the Broncos in his career, you know, relatively speaking, compared to the rest of his career. Uh, he has, he has nine interceptions in 12 games should be 10 by the way. But of course, uh, chiefs got that, that terrible penalty call, which is just, wasn't a penalty and it was picked off and they threw the pass interference for what? I don't know. Cause it's Mahomes probably. Um, and, and the chiefs and Taylor Swift is in the crowd. So the NFL wants their money. Um, and they want the chiefs to win, uh, which I think could be like a serious thing in the playoffs. It's like the amount of viewers a playoff game with Taylor Swift is going to get compared to if the Chiefs got eliminated 
uh, it's a lot more money for the NFL to keep the Chiefs in it um, because the viewership for every Taylor Swift game has skyrocketed. Um, so, yeah, maybe there's some little extra, you know, money there for the refs. Uh, <laughs> the NFL, there shouldn't be. Um, but, yeah, anyways, Mahomes, nine interceptions in 12 games, 96 passer rating. Uh, in his career against the Broncos, including since 2020, uh, 95.6 passer rating, 57 passer rating in 2021, uh, 93.9, 86, 106, and then last night, 94. Whereas if you look at his career stats, uh, he has a pass rating of 105. Um, so the only time he's hit, he's had a, a better than career average game against the Broncos since 2020 is uh, was – one game last year, which he had a 106 pass rating. So it uh, wasn't even even that good. So, um, you know, Mahomes is 12-0, and 0, um, but hasn't, you know, the Broncos defense, I think, has played him well. Just the offense, man. The offense just can't score. I wonder if I can look this up. Broncos points per game versus Chiefs since, you know, since we, since like 2016. Um Broncos have put up 17 points per game against the Chiefs since 2016. You're not beating Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes or Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey putting up 17 points. Um, and that's in 15 games played. So, yeah, uh, that, that, that's pretty much the story. Uh, you just can't score against the Chiefs. That's not going to be a recipe to winning, uh, even though all the games pretty much have been close. Um but yeah, Chiefs ultimately still own the Broncos. Uh, I think it's like 16 in a row overall now. Uh, this is worse than Ohio State-Michigan stuff right here um, in terms of you know Ohio State beating Michigan eight years in a row uh, up until the last three years. 2020 really should have counted as an Ohio State win because Harbaugh forfeited, but it's all good. Um, we will get them this year. Probably not. <laughs> we'll see. Um but anyways, yeah, Broncos lose 8-19. to 19. Uh, Disgusting score, disgusting game, uh, disgusting season. Coach is pretty disgusting. Um, and we are on to the NFL draft. I, that is what I'm looking forward to. We finally have a pick. Look at this. The Broncos have a first-round pick. Um, see what they do with it. Marvin Harrison action would be nice. Uh, if we get number one, then, yeah, Caleb Williams – got to be the man even though I, I think Russell Wilson has played well this year um, you just have to go with that young young guy who has unlimited potential um, so yeah Broncos one and five uh, go into Kansas City and put up a decent little fight especially defensively um, I thought Sertan was absolutely phenomenal um, he had that 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 one where uh, he came flying in from off the screen um, on a, a long catch and run by Jarek McKinnon, which looked like it would have been a touchdown. Uh, turned out there was a flag, and he stepped out of bounds earlier. But uh, he was still on the run. Everyone thought that it was still a, an alive play. Um, and he sprinted all the way down, looked like it was just going to be wide open space for a touchdown, and then Sertan comes flying in way off the screen um, and gets him before the goal line. So good to see that he's you know putting in the effort in this crappy game um justin simmons looked great 
coming back from his injury, had that interception, and then uh, was flying around all over the place, I thought. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's some promise here. The edge rushers are young and they're good. Jonathan Cooper, Nick Benito, and Baron Browning. Like, that's a serious trio of guys you can build around uh, for the future. Uh, even Ronnie Perkins, another Oklahoma guy, uh, looked pretty good, I thought, in that game against Kansas City. Um, so, yeah, those guys, I think you have a bit of a foundation to build off defensively, offensively. I don't know. I wish we'd put Marvin Mims in. Um, I don't know why he gets no playing time, even though he leads the NFL in yards per route ran. Uh, he leads the NFL in average, like catch target depth, whatever. Uh, he leads the NFL in a lot of things, but he's barely out on the field. Why? I have no idea. Hopefully Jerry Judy is traded soon and Mims gets that chance because Jerry Judy is a joke. Um, he has never really been that good in a Broncos uniform. He's great after the catch, if he catches the ball in the first place. Um, and then and then you, you don't even try to give him a deep ball. Don't even do it. Even if he's wide open deep, don't even do it. It's either going to be a drop or he's going to put no effort into trying to catch it. Um, he had a ball. Russell Wilson gave him a perfect one-on-one upper opportunity in which he had leverage on the defender. Um, makes a like a silly attempt at the ball to try to catch and it gets knocked away like any of the top receivers are are catching that ball um and then he had he had a play against i think the raiders where like he could have drawn a pass interference if he had actually gone for the ball but decided to give up before and then look and then complain to the ref even though like if you had actually tried to get the ball you would have been hit before it came and it would have drawn a flag, but instead you take like one step towards it um, and then stop and then complain to the ref. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Jerry Judy hopefully will be a Panther uh, by October 31st, and hopefully we get a second rounder for him. Um, Sutton had that nice catch, but other than that, nothing really. Um so, yeah, Broncos are depressing. doesn't matter who the GM is, who the coach is, who the quarterback is. seems like they will just be stuck in this in this rut of just miserableness um, until some young guy comes in here and changes the culture, and maybe that's Caleb Williams or Drake May. Um, so we'll see, but I think that just about does it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Just a Denver sports update. Um Regular season for the Bronco for the Nuggets uh, starts up soon in about a week and a half, um, and then NHL for the Avalanche that's underway. Uh, they're one to zero, but yeah, I don't really know anything about that team. <laughs> um, I know the players, but I have no idea how hockey works, so I cannot comment on that. Um, except that I think the Avalanche they seem like they're going to be really good this year. Um, so let's hope. Uh, no Rockies news as always. Thanks for listening. Uh, peace.